Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 138, Respect the Image. I respect your image, Jesse. We are broadcasting live for us in the worldwide headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. I am grateful today. Mm. One of the things you you guys don't see is that Jesse and I just had probably like an hour and a half. <laughs> we almost used up our entire podcasting time <laughs> just connecting as brothers, oh, co-laborers yeah. in the Lord and men, and it was rich. Thank you for that. What are, I have no idea what we're talking about now because we're, <laughs> we're, we're, our heads you know, are on everything I was, else. I was thinking that in all that time, we never even talked about the smoked meat that you sent me a picture of last night yes. that I gave you as a birthday present. Yes, yes. So how did it turn out? Well, people that love me give me vacuum-sealed meat. I brought you that <laughs> that a styrofoam, like, yeah. like budget yeah. cooler full yeah. of pork and, uh, what was it, pork chops and, and ribeyes? I think it was T-bones, yeah. T-bones. T-bones uh. and pork chops. And, and I cooked them together, and then we mixed them on the cutting board. Ooh. And I said, obviously, the red stuff is the steak and the light pink, because you shouldn't cook pork too long, mm-hmm. so I said, pork chops cook a medium um turned out phenomenal legal. yeah it's legal now well you can do for 145 legal yeah don't leave them on your grill or in your cooker until 145 take them out maybe you know 135 140 yeah, I, i'd say so between 135 140 let them it, rest it'll rest up to about you 100 tint them with some uh, foil tint them re- yeah. rest to 144 at the most then slice them you'll have a nice mm. medium rare pork chop mm. jesse thank I'm you hungry that was a wonderful thing for my family last look night. good I will be running to a bus to go watch uh, Virginia Tech whoop the Blue Devils. We're going down there for a wrestling match, and I'll grab a couple Duke's pieces of meat. Yeah, they are the worst. <laughs> I'll grab a couple pieces of meat as the only food I'll eat before getting uh. on the bus as I run out the door here in a few minutes. <laughs> but, Jesse, we are grateful, yeah. guys, who if you joined us last time. Th- this series and the next are very important. They're kind of get essential DNA of the gospel underground. What we're about is how do we relate to people and culture? How do we relate to advance the mission of God in the borderlands, right? Where there's people and ideas and we have a raging culture, right? We have folks go, you know, popping off at each other all the time. How do we properly with conviction and courage uh, live respectfully uh, in this culture? And we kind of gave an introduction last time. I'm going to make a little switch. None of you really listened to the order of this series that I laid out at the end of the episode. But we're going to do, <laughs> we're going to do instead of what I said we're going to do first. We're going to do something different today on image of God theology, mm. because I think Jesse, this is absolutely foundational to, like, say, if you're a follower of Christ, and if you come to the question of why should I respect anybody, particularly them people, right? If you got an axe to grind ideologically, if there are people in this world who live as enemies of the cross, the Apostle Paul said that was his the case in his day, it is the case in our day. There are haters on Jesus Christ, on Christianity, on the church. There are folks that will try to go after things, right? Do we return insult for insult? Do we just fight fire with fire, so to speak, like many are advising? Or do we crawl away without conviction into a winsomeness jellyfish and not take a stand with convictional realities in our hearts and minds in a world like that? How do we uh, navigate that? Winsome Um, jellyfish is like, that's (laughs) that's really kind of a pretty good put down. Oh, you're just being a winsome jellyfish. You're just being a (laughs) winsome. Just squishy. Yeah, just squishy. We don't want to be squishy. Can you? Can we? But have we a, do want to be respectful. Can we be vertebrates? <laughs> can we have a backbone? So today we're doing respect the image, and because I want to say to you, if you are a Christian, 
there is a certain vision of human life. You'd say it's in the area of uh, theological anthropology, what a human being is foundationally that we must keep in our minds. And even if you, you know, look, there's a lot of people in this world, if you think about it, that you don't respect, right? Jesse, there's probably somebody in the world you don't respect. Don't name names today here on the podcast. But the issue is, do we respect God? Mm. And if so, and this will be made clear in what scripture we share later, if so, do we respect man, humanity, humankind, mankind, who's made in his image? And that's that's the linchpin. If we start there and we respect God, we fear God, keep his ways, right? We have to respect Mm. people who are made in the image and likeness of God, this great biblical language. But look, not everyone assumes that. Uh, this is a unique view that followers of Jesus, the Old Testament, it, it comes from Judaism, Torah, right? There is this particular theology when looking at human beings and what we are that's different, say, than the world around us. There's, I don't know, we can summarize maybe views that are out there in them woods, Jesse. Some people think human beings are just an animal. Some thinks it's a spiritual animal. And some would say an embodied soul. Mm. Those are three views we'll look at. The first one, just an animal, Right. You find this in what Western secularism, and by that evolutionary naturalism, we're just evolved jellyfish. Uh, we're the highest know, animal, the highest perhaps, of jellyfishes, yeah. perhaps, or or not, maybe not even the highest, or one of the more now today in the in more cautious, humble ways of saying we have a, mm-hmm. an evolved and large brain, mm-hmm. right? We have a, a a mechanism in our neurochemistry that allowed us to quote unquote rise, even though there's no up or down in this worldview, allows us to make podcasts, Jesse. Various forms of communism has been state-enforced, Western secularism, evolutionary naturalism as law. We are just, or as some people say, nothing but. Mm. Whenever you hear somebody say nothing but, it's nothing but a clump of cells. It's nothing but a you know pejorative towards a human being. It, they're nothing but a... Whenever you hear this, human beings are nothing but animals. You find this taking human beings down from... Mm-hmm the worldview that, you know, maybe our civilization was built on that says, no, human beings are high. There's something special. Something special yeah. about it. And so you were recounting a story yesterday with when we were training some church planning residents together that was pretty funny. And oh, it's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was talking about how, um, you know, as someone who preaches regularly, you know, anytime anyone remembers anything you've ever said, it just feels really good. In a sermon. I, yeah. yeah, in a sermon, right. And I was in a car with a bunch of teenage boys, my my son and his friends, driving them to youth group. And I don't know how we got on the topic of anthropology. Uh, man. What are uh, we? Yeah. But um, my friend Brett's son, Tristan, said, well, you know, man is just a featherless biped with broad, flat nails. <laughs> and I was like, looked at him and I was like, are you, is that from my sermon? Like, four months ago and he's like yeah and i was like you are my son's you you are my favorite of my son's friends for remembering that now i told this story you know it's kind of famous in philosophy world of uh, uh socrates definition that plato was teaching Conveying, right yeah right. was was man is a featherless biped right and at the time diogenes was the cynic the father of cynics and and they had a you know i described it as the first rap beef right you know before tupac and biggie <laughs> right there was, was diogenes <laughs> diogenes was, uh, was kind of grades. yeah it was famous for being a cynical um kind of wise cracker right he's the one who walked around uh, athens with the lantern and whenever one, anyone asked him what he was doing, he said, I'm looking for just one honest man. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, he, uh, he heard about this definition and got a chicken and plucked all the feathers off of it. 
and came into the academy and and took the you know the featherless biped and said, "Behold, Plato's man." <laughs> and and I joked that the best Plato could do is say, "Well, okay, he got me there." So it's a featherless biped with broad, flat nails. Yeah. It's just an animal, basically. Right. And we right. we can do better than this, right? You know, with the scriptures, but yeah, exactly. just an animal, just a featherless biped with broad, flat nails. You know, obviously, if you look at another person and you just think they're nothing but, you know, a dog or or a chicken or 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 just similar, just slightly more complexly organized in neurochemistry. That low view of humanity can translate in how we might treat mm-hmm. um, other <laughs> bipeds. Uh, the second view that's very common is to say man is maybe a spiritual animal. So we're not denying the animal part, but ultimately a spiritual reality. And now this can have various extremes, like and certain flavors maybe of Eastern philosophy. You might say this all the physical world's even an illusion and all is just one spiritual reality manifesting itself through various avatars and people and and, and chickens, uh, by, by the way. So, so Eastern philosophy, a spiritual reality in an animalistic kind of world that we interact with. There's even Christian people like Nancy Murphy, philosopher. I think she's still at Fuller Seminary, who teaches something called non-reductive physicalism. And you might ask, Jesse, why do you know the word non-reductive physicalism? I wrote a paper on Nancy Murphy's okay. non-reductive physicalism. Yeah, I was going to ask for a friend if <laughs> yeah. you could define <laughs> Yeah. So the other idea is that this idea is that physicalism is just matter, physical stuff is all there is. So it's monistic, not you know dualistic, mm. not body and soul, but just body, right? Um, but non-reductive in the sense that you won't say it's nothing but because there are these higher, whatever that means, uh, higher realities that emerge from the physical substrate of humanity like morality, mm-hmm. love, goodness, mathematical truths, that, that this material thing kind of has come out of it. Don't ask what out means or, mm. or where come out because we are nothing but atoms in this view. But at least it doesn't want to reduce us to only that. We want to keep these higher functioning realities of these bipeds as some somehow special. And Murphy, of course, is trying to meld that with Christian theology, which, Jesse, I think there's large problems with that. We won't talk about that on this part podcast, but when you think about the incarnation, God becomes a human being. If a human being is nothing but a body, that God became a brain in Jesus Christ. What are you going to do with that? How are you going to do hypostatic union, two natures? Mm. Well, we'll leave that there for today. And then the final view, man's just an animal, maybe a spiritual reality in an animal form, an embodied soul, or what, you know, a suke, soul, uh, soma, body, what some would call a psychosomatic uh, body and soul unity, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of metaphysics, but what differentiates human beings as this body and soul reality from rocks or walnuts or squirrels or dolphins? Because, you know, they're, they're, they're we're pretty make, close. We're going right? to make dolphins speak. <laughs> uh, or bonobos. We love to talk about bonobos for our those purposes. Are the, those are the, uh, the monkeys. Monkeys that, yeah, yeah they like, they're quite uh, promiscuous. So lots yeah. of secular thinkers love bonobos. Mm. Uh, recreated in the image of bonobos. What differentiates the Christian view? Has always feels, said, yeah, yeah. This feels so important for our time. I, I think about this. I t- teach this actually with uh, with the Bonhoeffer House guys. That you know, every age has its own sort of significant theological problems, right? You know, in the Middle Ages, you had certain problems. You think about the Reformation, and it's, we're really talking about just how are we justified? Yeah. yeah. Um, and for us as anthropologists... Or Augustine's doctrine of the church put against Augustine's doctrine of grace, the Reformation, right? Yeah, oh, there you go, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, in, in our, for our age and time, it really is 
anthropology. This yeah. is what it's, I mean, whether yeah. we're talking about racism and injustice, right. we're talking about abortion, whether or not, yeah. what, when does a person become Cl- a person? Nothing but a clump, a clump, of, cells. A clump yeah. of cells. Uh, what point and why, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's right. It, that's right. And um, gender, gender, sexuality, yeah, gender, sexuality. Right. These are the questions that yeah. of our time. So this, this is so important. I yeah. Think. And if, if you want to engage people who have different viewpoints on these realities, maybe some that are heinous and disgusting, or, or maybe you want to engage a racist and have him turn from his racist ways. Maybe you're trying to engage someone who's pushing a gender ideology at, at the public school. Um, like may happen all the time that my wife might have engaged with these mm. types of issues mm-hmm. recently. How do we do it respectfully? Well, we start with saying that all people, this is biblical doctrine teaching, are a unique creation by God made in his image and likeness. This comes out of the book of Genesis. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let him have to, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and livestock and of all over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So... Because this council in God, uh, the Trinity, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Then we go male and female, he created them. Now, we're not going to do the exegetical type thing you might do in a sermon on this text, Jesse, but this is foundational in our view of what another person is. Mm. And we'll talk a little bit more about why this is so important in a minute, or Psalm 8. This is a classic passage in the worship hymnody of the poetry of the Psalms, reflecting upon lots of things, but certainly on what human beings are. When I look to the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you care for him, yet you've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory, and I love this word, Jesse, and honor. Mm. You have given dominion over the works of your hand, and you have put all things under his feet. So this not only is reflecting further on image of God, theology that comes from Genesis, but the position of human beings it has a high position on the earth. In fact, has a responsibility over this domain that God has mm. created. It's like a it's like a poetic, comp, uh, contemplative sort of exploration of the creation account. You know, the right? There's literal truth. parallels yeah. there of the heavens yeah. and the stars and the, and then you have the fish of the sea and the, we, cause we didn't get into that, but the verses seven and on is like yeah. over the beasts of the field, the sheep and the oxen, the, all, everything that That's flies right. in the air and everything that, and all the fish of the sea and everything that moves along the path of the sea. There's just like now man is, you know, David is sitting there going, He's thinking about Genesis one, but he's also thinking about Yahweh and himself, himself. and yeah, going, man, himself. this is crazy. Like, what are we? What are we? Yeah, I, I had uh, uh, some existential experiences as a kid. I didn't grow up in church. I'm not thinking about Christianity and stuff. And I remember taking out the trash as a teenager before my conversion, anything like mm-hmm. that, and just thinking. Like, I remember looking at my hand, throwing a trash, throwing trash in a big trash can, thinking. What in the world is life? <laughs> it was a weird. What is what, this? What is this? I'm like I'm this conscious entity, yeah. doing things, and like, what is it that I'm doing? What is it that I am? And this self reflection is a is a key portion of what people call philosophers would call consciousness, right? Yeah. That we're reflecting upon our own being in nature, um, and it's right to say, what is this 
featherless biped mm-hmm. launching rocket ships, right? Mm. Uh, creating iPhones, uh, doing complex mathematical calculations with our brain that actually correspond to the rea- the physical reality of the created world. What the heck are we? That question, when we're asking it, is a good place to be. And if we end up with a dismissive answer, we're nothing but, right? Mm. Uh, we can do terrible things to other people in the image of God. Now, Christians throughout the ages have wrestled with, okay, what does precisely this mean? We got to look at this text. It says image and likeness of God. Does it make us little gods? Like, is this it's polytheism? No, the Bible's monotheistic. It can't make us that. Uh, makes us a little lower than like the angels or heavenly beings. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, but where do we locate, right? what it means to be made in the image of God. And then people have answered that differently. And I think a combination of those, uh, it's not a special view. I kind of maybe misled everyone last year. I got a special view. I don't have a special view on this, Jesse. (laughs) I think it's a combination view maybe that, you know, some would locate the image Mm. of God. People like Augustine and Aquinas would go this, probably go this way, locate it in man's being or image of God means a certain aspect of what we are Mm -hmm. ontologically. That's Mm -hmm. a big word for what we really are. And and so some would locate that in like the ability of human beings to be moral, Mm -hmm. uh, to make choices, this kind of willfulness about to have intellect. Certainly Aquinas said, and Augustine as well, how far, far be it for us to despise that very faculty that makes us different than the beasts, right? The ability to reason. Yeah. And so what is image of God? Well, we're like God in this way. We have emotions, intellect, will, reasoning, abilities, Others who are looking at, you know, the ancient Near Eastern context of the Bible, particularly the book of Genesis, right, have looked at how maybe this idea of images uh, were used in the ancient world. Like, for instance, uh, a king in the ancient world who wanted to expand his dominion, like I rule in Blacksburg and I'm here sitting on a throne in Blacksburg. If I wanted to say, yeah, my rule and reign also extends to Christiansburg, they might make a statue of me and put it in Christiansburg Mm. and says the image of God is here or the image of the king is here. What he's doing here has now dominion under. Under him, and so this idea of vice or secondary regency or rulership—that mm-hmm. uh, that this is something the image of God, something that it's a responsibility that we do functionally, mm. right? We and do even, functionally, and even in that Genesis passage, uh, let them have dominion over. Yeah, you know, let them. You know, they, he is establishing us as his vice regent. That's right. Yeah. He puts little vice regents, male and female, on the earth to have dominion, to care, mm-hmm. steward, and rule over creation. As in the stead of God, God creates this realm and extends his leadership, rulership, regency to human beings uniquely. And I think there's a lot of, you can cook a lot of dinner with that. I think it's very, very helpful in idea. And then, and finally, I think Karl Barth made this uh, saying, like, why don't we look at the text again? What are we doing with this male and female aspect? And he said this nature of male and female together Together they make up the image of God, and well, it, we're gonna say, well, it seems like individuals are also an image of God, not just a a pairing or a male femaleness, but this relational reality that he was drawing attention to does seem to matter in the description of creation that he made this complementary pair to represent him fully together. And so, Jesse, what I like to say, and this isn't unique, is that he created us with certain ontological capacities, right? in order to do the job he gave us to do and to do it relationally together with one another and in relationship with God. Mm. 
So what is the image of God? It is a particular type of creature that has certain emotional intellect and will to do the job God gave us to do, to have dominion on this realm, uh, and to do it not at enmity with each other, but in complementary relationship, male and female, and in a relationship under the ultimate authority of God, not apart from it. Now, if you take that and say, well, what happens when human beings sin? Well, we break our relationships with one another. We break our relationships with God. We deny the purpose for which we're made. So that has an implication for our abuse of creation and in the animal world, even Mm. perhaps. And then using the intellect and will and focus and freedom that God has given us for things that are against God's purposes transgressing his purpose for humanity, sin. Augustine talked about this clearly in his definition of sin, where he had a hierarchy of being, you know, rocks at the bottom, perhaps inanimate objects going up through the plant and animal world to humanity with God the highest. Mm -hmm. And his thing was if we turn our desires to lesser things than what we're made for, that's kind of the essence of what sin is. And that kind of concords with some things in in the scripture as well. We've turned aside from God to cisterns that don't hold water, uh, to drink, eat dirt instead of drinking water. Um, I think that's Jeremiah mm-hmm. 2, is a very good idea. If we are made for this grand purpose, we can't turn it for base purposes. And certainly uh, this, uh, this doctrine becomes massively important. And if you think about it, there's some things like why do we, let's say, Jesse, why do we reject racial superiority, right? Why are you not a... Um, a Korean supremacist or a white supremacist or a black supremacist, Jesse? Well, image of God theology. That's right. right. Yeah, the, the image of God is not stronger in a particular race. That's right. You know? and, and so right. if we're all made in the image of God, That's right. then there can be no superiority. That's right. And you look later in the New Testament from one, one man he made every nation mm-hmm. on the face of the earth, and this is Acts 17, established the time and places for them. Why do we reject, reject the strong killing the weak? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's right, because of the image of God. Because yeah. the image of God is not dependent on our function or our strength that's right. that's or right. what we can contribute to society. That's right. that's right. And this was the project, right, of uh, early 20th century, you know, probably late 19th century, early 20th century eugenics. Yeah. Uh, let's eliminate the weak. You, if you men, uh, match this with Darwinism, right? We have a rejected doctrine. Thankfully, secular people reject this. Everybody rejects social Darwinism, right? That we want the strong to emerge and get rid of the weak, the poor, the infirm, the diseased, the the invalids, right? And the Nazis took up this project. Let's get rid of certain mm-hmm. kinds of people, mm-hmm. the strong killing the weak. Why do you reject that? It's the law of the jungle. We're just evolving. Shouldn't we evolve to a higher history like Nietzsche said? Shouldn't we do that? Why not? Why shouldn't we eliminate certain bad people? Look at what people are doing with conditions, the chromosome abnormalities that let's just get rid of those before they're even born. And so we don't have to deal with these kinds of people anymore. Why do we reject that? Well, if you're just an evolutionary naturalist, you need to ask yourself that question. Mm -hmm. Why do you reject? Well, we reject it because every being, uh, even if their chromosomes are, even if they have Down syndrome, we see them as made in the image and likeness of God. And it isn't just because of their cellular makeup. Mm -hmm. It's what God has placed there in dignity Mm -hmm. and honor. Unequal. Why do we think unequal treatment under the law? Uh, Why do we think all people are created equal? Well, this is because God made us as a unique image in the world. And why do we protect the the unborn, the sick, the unwanted? No human being is trash in a theology that says God has crowned human beings with dignity Mm -hmm. and 
honor. So I just want to say as strong as you can, if you're in your raging culture, we have no right to disregard or disrespect other human beings. But we do, Jesse, and let's just call it sin, right? Yeah. Um, if we think somebody, we say, oh, that guy's trash. That is a sinful motion mm. of our souls. Now, some some may bring up, and you know, I've got some theological friends who would bring up maybe the fall. What is the fall done to the image of God? Are we now not image of God because of the fall? Has the fall erased? Has the fall erased our the image, image of God? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you think about that? What do you think about that? Yeah, no. I mean, I think about it more like defacing than erasing, right? Like, uh, you know, graffiti on a beautiful, <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, uh, marble statue right yeah. it's like well i can kind of i can still see yeah the value is still there it's not gone it's not gone kind of messed up yeah, yeah like yeah. we are yeah i think i had a theology professor i can't remember i've heard norman geisler say it i've heard bruce ware say it who's at southern seminary the image of god is effaced but not erased okay. yeah that yeah. makes sense effaced but not erased and, and this is we have textual if you're you know you know we're bible guys right and effaced is like <sighs> faded yeah tarnished yeah, yeah, marred, marred. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, uh, you know, how much of or, uh, does the fall affect the image of par- parts of what it means to be human? That's debated, right? You, yeah. Usually, like yeah. usually, because Thomas Aquinas in the Middle Ages said that 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 the fall affected the will much more than it affected the mind or the ability. Mm-hmm. So the debate about the noetic from the Greek word mm-hmm. noetic effects of sin. Can human beings think right anymore? We're not going to get into whether, you know, there's fallen logic and redeemed logic. Uh, obviously there are fallen starting points for reasoning and or maybe uh, sanctified starting points for reasoning that can end up in different places. But we're not getting into that today, Jesse. But post-fall, Genesis 9, right, this is like... Mm-hmm. Uh, after sin, after some judgment of God, even in the book of Genesis, and for, this is Genesis 9, 5, and 6, and for your lifeblood, I will require a reckoning from every beast. I will require from man, from his fellow man, I will require reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds the blood of man by man shall his blood be shed, for God made man in his own image. Now, you know, we're not debating capital punishment today. Right. This is a verse right. people talk about. We're not talking about that for that today. But And this is this is God yes. speaking to Noah. Yes. This, I mean, this is like a pronouncement of God saying, This is why. Yes. Yep. And and what what would you say a reckoning is? Judgment. A a yeah. uh, you know, well he he lays it out, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, the lifeblood for the lifeblood. That's right. You you don't kill people. There's there this person is made in God. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, because it's a a bipedal bonobo. Don't kill him. No, God says God made man in His own image. This yeah. special creation is not yours to take. Mm-hmm. Like people say, you're playing God. Well, that's what it means. We're not over life, right? We're not the ones who are the ones who get to uh, just kill people with impunity. There's a reckoning, right? Jesus reiterates this uh, in the Sermon on the Mount when he even was trying to get to the heart of human beings and not simply our actions in Matthew 5 where he's talking about murder. Uh, You have heard it said of those old, you shall not murder, right? He's he's going back to the summary of the law, the Ten Commandments. Whoever murders will be liable to judgment, a reckoning. But I say to you... To everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, or man, screw that guy, uh, will be liable to the hell of fire. 
So what Jesus does, obviously, is beautiful, devastating, convicting, that it's not just me going and, you know, knifing somebody, you know, like I'm in London trying to kill somebody or shooting somebody like you would in Texas, Jesse. <laughs> I was wondering the London thing, like, do they just knife people but, over there? But, but I what, get what you're saying. But, but what We've happens on... Yeah, we do have guns. Yeah. I don't. You might. You probably do. I, well, let's just keep that to ourselves. But what does it mean when it's in us, this murderous intention, the motion of the inner man... Mm ends up external murdering someone. And Jesus is saying, well, he's not saying being mad is the same as killing folks, but he's saying before God, it is it is the motion of the soul that's liable for the same judgment. And we have murderous hearts often, and we need to come before God with that as knowing sin because we're doing the same thing to the image of God, maybe mentally, maybe intellectually, maybe soulishly, um, which then, you know, sadly does happen when it gets to the outside and actual into actual actions. Jesse, there's a reckoning. We don't treat people like trash. We Human and, beings aren't throwing. Yeah, away. and even that idea of like, even the, the part of our soul that just in our heart says, I wish he was dead. Yeah. That's wrong because he or she is made, is carrying the image of God. Yes. Re, you know, yes. like only God has the right to give and take away life. That's right. And, and so, right. so even in, it's not so much that Jesus was just saying like, hey, actually, it's a lot harder than you think. And yeah. he was, yeah. in, in a sense, yeah. saying, hey, you think you're following the law. Yeah. And that's going to justify There's you. a deeper level to this, yeah. It's actually also reaffirming the value of every human because right. our, it derives from our, our being made in the image of God. That's right. And this is rearticulated several places in the Old and New Testaments. And we, I think, Jesse, give ourselves a lot of license because of what kind of effacement or debasement is on, what kind of graffiti is on somebody else. Maybe they don't have the political ideology we like. Maybe they have a different religion. Maybe their skin color we don't, you know, people don't like. Um, All these things, right? We almost give ourselves a license to hate that person Mm. or in our hearts destroy them uh, because of these realities where we forget the fear of God says we respect the image of God, even if it in ourselves and others is in a certain state of uh, brokenness. Mm-hmm. Now, we know this. This is uh, a passage in the New Testament I think is very clear. Do you want to read that, Jesse? James 3, 7 through 10? Sure. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. <laughs> Gosh, that, when, when I've read certain things in social media oh. battles, or just heard people talk to each other, it's like, or heard myself talk to my wife mm. at times, right? Mm-hmm. How we do this. James is, he's such a clear, he's such a clear pastor, James of Jerusalem. How do you bless God and And, then curse people made in his image? And then curse his image. Yeah. Yeah. He's just saying that's, it shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Double-tongued. It's just, it shouldn't be, right? Um, And and I came across this, Jesse, in the Old Testament, one of the more ancient books. Mm. uh, It's kind of a philosophical treatment through narrative of the issue of suffering and God's 
sovereignty, even providence over all things, good and bad in human life. And in Job, many times this character in the story, Job, this man makes this defense of himself. And when he does so, he he appeals to, hey, I, I, I'm not just this guilty evildoer. And, and what he appeals to are his action towards image bearers, right? Mm. He says, as did he, did not he who made me in the womb make the other, make him also? And did not one fashion us in the womb, if I have held anything from the poor that they desired or caused the eyes of the widow to fail? Or I've eaten my morsel alone and the fatherless has not eaten of it? For from my youth, the fatherless grew up with me as with a father. And, and from my mother's womb, I guided the widow. Mm. I have se- If I've seen anyone perish for lack of clothing or needy without covering, if his body has not blessed me, if he has not worn me with the fleece of my sheep, if I have raised my hand against the fatherless because I saw my help at the gate, then let the shoulder blade fall from my shoulder like judgment fall upon him and let my arm be broken from the socket. For I was in terror of calamity from God, and I could not have faced his majesty. And this is in a long context of a narrative, right? But he's saying, hey, I treated even those who are the least and the Mm. vulnerable amongst human beings with this kind of equality and with respect and care and dignity because he knew, did he not make him too? And I think because of this, this human dignity right, even with folks that are doing evil, evil things, should bring a sense of sorrow. Yes, anger at times. Because why? Not simply because this evil act has happened, but both sides of evil actions, like the worst you can imagine, are images of God broken, falling. It's a tragedy. It is a calamity because of the fall of sin. Um, But what our hope is, right, we want broken images restored right to the image and likeness of Jesus Christ mm. who is the image of the invisible God mm-hmm. right this is the restoration that happens through Jesus God puts the restored image we would say fully God fully man on the earth as the perfect representation who doesn't sin who doesn't who fulfills the law perfectly um, shows compassion and redemption and that's what we should want for yeah. all images we want to see salvation and I brought I love that we're starting here in in terms of how you've switched things up because this idea of why, is so foundational. Why, why should we engage in with our neighbors respectfully? Well, this is a kind of first principle, right? That's there, right. Th- this is this is the why, because the reason why shouldn't be because I'm afraid yes. and I'm scared to tell him something he's not going to want to hear. That's right. Uh, so right. I'm going to you know be the the yeah. jellyfish, right? Uh, right. Uh, or it shouldn't just simply be pragmatic. Like, well, if I tell, if I you know, if I can just sort of figure out the right thing to say. I can get him to do what I want him to do, which it might be, you know, believe in Jesus. Or even worse, like I can keep my stuff and keep my power, my, you know, my way in the world. Yeah. If I can make this person do what I want them to do. Well, in reality, you know, Jesus said this, he looked out on the crowds and he had compassion Mm. like sheep without a shepherd. And we, the, the enemy has taken people captive to do his will. But so, so often we just simply make enemies. And this is where, you know, obviously we talked about this last time in Romans 12. If your enemy's thirsty, give him a drink. Doing so, you're, he burning coals. You don't want to be overcome by evil. 
but overcome evil with good. Mm. And I think um, Chesterton, one of mm. my favorite authors, uh, early 20th century uh, work called Orthodoxy, has a chapter called The Suicide of Thought. And he talks about this issue of humility and where we put it. And I think it'll help us as we wrap up here today, Jesse. He says this, but what we suffer from today, and this is 100 years ago, we suffer from it today, worsely. What we suffer from today is humility in the wrong place. Modesty has moved from the organ of ambition. Modesty has settled upon the organ of conviction where it was never meant to be. Now, guys, this is so important. Mm. A man, a human being, was meant to be doubtful about himself, but undoubting about the truth. This has been exactly reversed today. Nowadays, the part of man that man does assert, puts forth, puffs his chest out, is exactly the part he ought not to assert himself. The part he doubts is exactly the part he ought not to doubt the divine Mm. reason. And by that, Chesterton means the truth. Mm. So here's what we do. We, in the, in the name of, right, whatever we want, we will destroy other people to get what we want. In reality, we should stand with strong convictions about the truth by being humble about who we are and modest in our relationship with other people and certainly having a high view of them simply because they have the inherent dignity of being made in the image of God. Mm. So, you know, in other words... We can we can go after and fight it out and even destroy falseness, yes, teachings, ideas and that are. But we can't go. We after take every thought captive. captive. We tear down strong. Was Second Corinthians ten? Maybe we'll we'll look we'll it find up. Find it. Yeah, <laughs> ten four five. But I we think, maybe. but we don't yeah. we don't um, we don't destroy the image bearer. That's right. Yeah. We want salvation, liberation substitution, uh, people's sins to be paid for, forgiven, redeemed. We well, I'm, look, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into this series then, man. <laughs> Let's talk about how to do it. How do we do it? We stop, yeah. right, uh, and not see people as trash, mm. but, right, in your hearts, set apart Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do so with gentleness and and respect. Mm. Respect for what, Jesse? Well, respect for the image of God. Next week, Jesse, we're going to look at a skill of respectful engagement in a raging culture, namely that of listening and finding commonality mm. with other human beings. Maybe we start with a common image and move forward in truth and love. The Gospel Underground is sponsored and well, we're not sponsored we're produced in partnership we yeah. both throw in here we we, we we fund this thing Jesse the Bonhoeffer House Gospel Underground two peas in a pod like <laughs> peanut butter and jelly <laughs> like a hand uh. in glove we review us on iTunes <laughs> send your comments feedback questions that you might want us to take up or about something we said today get us on the right verse in 2 Corinthians mm. that we will do in a minute Jesse send those comments to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. We'll see you out there. Peace. Peace. You were right. Second Corinthians 10 5. Is it? <laughs> okay, good. I had to look it up, though. Good. I had to, I had to, I had to do a quick. Do the Google real quick. Do the Google. Well, good. I didn't butcher it. <laughs>